Welcome to week number two in our series called Q&A. This is the series that really uh, you designed. It's, it's by you and for you. Uh, we've taken the results of our Christmas services survey and, and the top five questions. I think we supplied 15 questions. The top five were taken one week at a time and answering those questions, finding out what the Bible has to say on those particular particular uh, subjects or topics. Uh, last week, if you remember, you were here, uh, we answered the question, how do I handle stress? Uh, I don't want to ask for a show of hands because I know you were probably put to the test this week uh, in applying that and really living it out. That's the way God kind of does. Uh, but this time, uh, during our time together this weekend, we want to answer the question, how do I deal with difficult people? How do I deal with difficult people? Next week, why do bad things happen to good people? That's going to be a big one. I hope you'll make plans to join us uh, for that uh, third question in this series. But how do I deal with difficult people? Uh, God has a solution to counter the crazy makers in your life. He really does. And every one of us has, you know, difficult people uh, in our lives. Let me just say this. This is a no pointing zone uh, during the message. Don't be pointing to your kids or your spouse or, or, or something like that. But I do want to just encourage you right now. Just turn to someone and say, I'm really glad you're in church today. Well, just go ahead and do that. I'm really glad you're in church today as we're talking about how to deal with difficult people. And really what I want to encourage you uh, during our time together is really just to lean in, to hear God's word, and then when we're done, to really then go and do God's word. Really live out God's word. This is one of my favorite series that we do each year in response to your questions uh, because I don't have to wonder, is this going to connect with folks? Because you're like, I, I really want the answer to this question. How to deal with difficult people. And so if you have your Valley Christian Church app, if you'll go ahead and, and uh, go to that, you'll be able to follow along with all the scripture that we have. If you haven't ever downloaded it, it's free uh, in your app store on your smartphone, and you'll be able to fill in the blanks as we work our way through here. I have a feeling if you're not dealing with someone difficult right now, you're probably going to be scrambling for these notes some point in 2017. Just a, just a hunch there. Uh, so you really want to use that app. And we're going to begin by looking at this. This might be surprising to many of us. Second Timothy chapter 2 beginning in verse 23 look at what the Bible says again I say don't get involved in foolish and ignorant arguments that start fights as Christians we're not supposed to be getting involved with fights and arguments and being argumentative a servant of the Lord must not quarrel but must be kind to everyone even difficult people even people that rub you the wrong way that are kind of abrasive even to those, and look, must also be able to teach, and look at this, be patient with difficult people. Isn't that amazing? New Living Translation right here, it actually talks about difficult people in the Bible. And what is our response? What is our responsibility to difficult people? Be patient with them. Be patient with them. We're to be patient with difficult people. And it goes on and it says, Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts. There's a key right there. You can't change a difficult person. Believe me, I've tried in my day, and, and probably you have too. Just wheels turning, wheels turning. You can't change a difficult person. Only God can change a difficult person's heart. 
Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. And then they will come to their senses and escape, isn't this interesting, the description the Bible gives of a difficult person. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Ooh, how about that? Our responsibility is to be patient with difficult people. We're to pray, God, please change them because there's no way I'm ever going to convince them. I'm not going to talk them out of it or anything like that. And, and, and they're really just, the language here is pretty interesting. Uh, they'll come to their senses, escape from the devil's trap, for they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. And they don't even realize it. Just being difficult. I, I kind of like what the uh, Christian author Max Lucado put it this way. He said, some people have been called to be missionaries of misery sent into your world to wreak havoc. I don't know how many of you got a missionary like that in your life. Just, uh, it's just a missionary of misery. Just, just seems like their sole purpose is just to annoy and, and to just irritate and just be very, very difficult. Kind of get the idea of that right here. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 23 through 26. How do we deal with difficult people? What's God's solution to the crazy makers in your life and in my life? Well, first of all, why are people difficult? Have you ever wondered about that? Why are there just some difficult people? I'm not talking about church, of course. <laughs> None of us here, you know. But, uh, I, I remember when I was coaching high school football, sometimes there was just, you know, that one kid on the team just like, I just don't like you. I just don't like you. And you can't ever show that or anything, but it's just like, could, could we just move him to a different position so I don't have to deal with him in my responsibility on the team? Why are people difficult? Well, one of the big reasons is quite simply, we live in a fallen world. That's part of what we're going to be talking about next week in answer to the question, why do Bad things happen to good people. That phrase, good people, is very relative. Eye of the beholder. Generally, we always think it's us. I'm a good person. But the Bible might have a little bit something different to say there. But we live in a fallen world. Every single one of us. No one is perfect. And here's the thing. That difficult person that you're already thinking about right now as we're starting this message, guess what? Someone else could hear this message and they're thinking about you. You may be the difficult person. Who, me? That was not, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Every one of us falls short. At some time in your life, you were the difficult person for someone else. And you may actually be that right now. I don't know. Right now, that person who, who is a difficult person in your life, maybe it's a, a family member. Maybe it's a coworker, Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's the coach of the team or, or one of the players. Whatever the situation is. They may be your difficult person. And years from now... Everyone else thinks they're just the most wonderful person in the world. No one's perfect. We all have our, our moments. Well, well, maybe it's just me because all y'all look like you got it all together. Or, you know. But somebody wanted the answer to this question. How do we deal with difficult people? 
I think one of the main reasons why there's so many difficult people in the world is because everything in life is about relationships. And, and, and we know that there is a God, but there is also an enemy. And, and, and he wants to destroy human relationships. He wants to destroy the relationships between husbands and wives, parents and children, grandparents, friends, co-workers. He wants to destroy and divide relationships. Relationships is where we find our greatest joys, great sense of fulfillment. Relationships are also the source of our greatest wounds and greatest pain. Why so many difficult people? Why are there any difficult people? Does anyone just, uh, I want to be difficult. I want to make this person's life miserable. I'm not sure. When I was really kind of studying and thinking about this and preparing, I, I came up with a number of different types of people that I find difficult. And maybe you can relate to some of these. I, I, I don't know, maybe... Uh, Maybe not, but, but I'm not talking about any of you, of course. But the first type of person is what I call the hammer. The hammer. Just, just tries to intimidate you. Have you ever met someone like that? That just kind of wants to make you feel small and insignificant, whatever you do? I, I, I played for a few football coaches like that. Just intimidating. Williamson, get over here. Just trying to just, just make you feel really small and tiny like a grasshopper. All they can do to just kind of, you don't really matter. The hammer. Uh, then there's a person, the megaphone. They talk you to death. They just drain the life out of you while they just keep going, ba 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 And it's like, I asked you a yes or no question. ba 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 And it just, the megaphone just like, please stop. I'll give you a dollar if you just sip it. Just sip it. $10. And it just keeps going up higher and higher. The megaphone. Difficult. Third person is the, the, the bubble buster. They just kill your joy. You know, it's a new year and you're like, yes, here we go, 2017. I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to drop 10 pounds. And they're like, you won't last three days. <laughs> In fact, a month from now, you'll be fatter than you are right now. Well, thanks a lot. You know, God bless you. I really appreciate that. The bubble buster just, just kind of seems like they thrive on just like, you know, oh, it's so sunny. Yeah, but did you see the forecast for tomorrow? It's going to be rain. Then the volcano. Anybody know a volcano? The volcano is just spewing negativity wherever they go, just bubbling up, ready to erupt. They just keep people like almost in hostage, uh, as hostage, just like, don't upset the volcano. Because when he blows, it's bad. The volcano. Then, then how about this one? This is actually one of the most difficult people in my opinion. I don't know why, it's just like my thing because I got issues. The space cadet. The space cadet that is just like on a whole nother planet and doesn't even realize they're on another planet. Just kind of like they're in their whole nother world. They don't even realize it and they're just like there, but they're not really there. And you can tell it to them three times. That tends to really just like grate on me, the space cadet. Or the clam. I'm not talking about any of the ladies. The clam that's really, really good at the silent treatment. 
I'm not talking hours. I'm talking days without saying anything. Silent treatment. The clam. Or, or then this is a unique person. I like to refer to them as the nitpicker pit bull. The nitpicker pit bull. And the nitpicker pit bull is, is the over-the-top perfectionist that finds the one thing that's not right and can't let it go, just like a pit bull. Point out the one little thing, like as if the world's perfect to begin with and you find the one single flaw, but we all know it's not perfect. And then pit bull tenacity won't let it go and like just keep bringing up, keep bringing up, keep bringing up. That's the nitpicker pit bull. Then the crybaby. <laughs> I want it this way. Why don't you do it the way I want it? Then the user. The user who uses guilt and pity to get their own way to manipulate you. Maybe you feel that right now. That someone in your life is just there just trying to manipulate you. Make you feel guilty for everything. And here's the 10th one for those of you who are keeping score. This is one of the most interesting ones, the garbage collector. Just hang on. It just reminds me of Oscar on Sesame Street. Oh, I love trash. Anything dirty and dingy and does. It's like, you know, they just hold on to everything. It's like, hey, man, what's wrong? It seems like our friendship's not going anywhere. Do you remember when we were out to dinner in 1997 and you ate the last piece of bread at Outback? Do you remember that? Oh, I love trash. It's just like anything, just hang on to it. Did you hear the latest salacious thing about someone else? The garbage collector. All these things, we, 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 and this is not an exhaustive list. We, we come up against these all the time, people like this. In fact, maybe we even saw some of ourselves in that brief list. Here's the whole thing. We're not going to, at any point in humanity, arrive at a place where there are not difficult people. Second, short of just Jesus coming back and fixing the whole thing. That's why he is coming back, by the way. That's one of the questions. Are we in the last days? We'll get to that in this series as well. So we're not going to, it's not like difficult people are just going to disappear so what are our choices? What are my choices when I'm faced with difficult people? There's three things that are really, three choices that, that we have. The first is this, you can choose to curse it. Difficult person is just like, ah, you're no good. You can choose to nurse it. When, when someone difficult comes and you just, just keep nursing that, that, that hurt, the, the, what they did to you, that pain that they caused you. you, you can curse it, you can nurse it, or you can choose to reverse it. Curse it. Nurse it, just hang on to that hurt for years and years and years and watch, watch how that helps you. <laughs> or you can reverse it. You can reverse it and, and deal with difficult people. Jesus dealt with difficult people. Jesus dealt with people who wanted to kill him, and they did. Jesus dealt with difficult people, and he always did it in the right way, loving way. But these are really the choices that we have when we're faced with a difficult person. Curse it, nurse it, reverse it, the pain that's caused us. So let's look at the biblical response. And again, if you have your app, I think this is going to really help you. Six things that the Bible says that, that we should do in response to difficult people. Here's the first thing. Realize you can't please everyone. 
You and I are never going to please everyone. And a lot of times that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Someone in our life is being real difficult and saying, you, Greg, are supposed to live to please me. You're supposed to do what I want you to do. You're supposed to, to, to respond the way I want you to all the time. But realize you can't please everyone. In John chapter 5, verse 30, I love how Jesus said what he was about and who he was trying to please. John chapter 5, verse 30, Jesus said, By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Jesus said, I'm living out my life in front of an audience of one. And that's our Heavenly Father. And he's the one that I want to please in what I say and what I do, the decisions that I make, please with my life. I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. The first thing is realize that you just can't please everyone. Second thing is just refuse to play the game. Difficult people like to just manipulate and control and, and pull levers and, and, and push buttons. Just refuse to play the game. Jesus refused to play the game. Did you realize that? He just wasn't going to be a part of it. In John chapter 2, verse 24, the Bible says, but Jesus didn't trust them, that's the crowd, watch, because he knew all about people. He didn't trust himself to the crowd. In fact, this instance, it, 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 the crowd wanted to actually make him king. And he walked right through him and it disappeared. Because he knew what was in their heart and he knew the motivation wasn't right. That they weren't trying to please our Heavenly Father. He didn't trust them because he knew what was in their heart. He said, I'm not playing that game. I, I'm not here to do your will. I'm not here to, to do what you want me to do. I'm here to please my Heavenly Father. Refuse to play the game. Third thing is this, rise above it. Rise above difficult people. I, I don't know why I keep hearing that song from the Spider-Man Broadway show uh, that, that you two wrote the, 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 the songs for and all. The, the, and you say, rise above. None of y'all been to Broadway, have you? Okay, we're going to go on. Rise above. Just rise above it. Rise above it. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 puts it this way. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and rise above it. When we're waiting on God, when we're focused on him and doing his will, you know what? You'll soar above the nitpicking pit bulls, above the the garbage collectors, uh, above all those that are, just want to be negative and pop your bubble. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And you know why I bring this verse up? Because it's, you know what difficult people do? They drain us, don't they? It's just like you can feel the energy just being pulled out of your toes. They just drain us. We need to rise above it. How do we rise above it? Waiting on God, focusing on him, pleasing him and not others. Here's the fourth important thing when it comes to 
responding to difficult people, never retaliate. Never retaliate. You know, we always, we have this saying in football coaching, it's always the second guy that gets caught. (laughs) You know, someone gives you a cheap shot for some reason. I don't know why it is. It's just like law of nature of the universe. Referee never sees that. But when you give him the shove because he gave you the shot, personal foul, 15 yards. It's always the second thing. It's always the retribution. It's always when we retaliate that we make it even worse. Much, much worse. Never retaliate. In fact, look at look, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, don't repay evil for evil. Now, here's the thing. Time out here. Let me just say this. This that we're reading here, this is for Christians. And maybe you're here right now and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ. Guess what? You're off the hook. You can retaliate. But, but if you do claim Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you do claim that he's your Lord, this is what he says to us. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. That's what he expects us to do. And he will grant you his blessings. Don't retaliate. Don't exchange insult for insult. Don't do it. If you're not a Christian, you're off the hook. If Jesus is your savior, like he is mine, this is what he expects of his followers. That's what God has called us to do. Never retaliate. You know what? This verse is really, really easy to read, isn't it? (laughs) It's really hard to live. And as a Christian, it's impossible on my own. Apart from the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. But as a Christian, I've got that too. (laughs) And you do too. And God wouldn't ask us or expect something from us that was not within our ability to do and obey with his Holy Spirit. Remember when the crowd insulted Jesus? Do you remember when the the thief on the one side, even his last breath is insulting Jesus on the cross? And do you remember what our example, our Lord, our Savior said? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If anyone could have retaliated, Jesus could have retaliated. He could have called down 500 million angels to wipe them off the face of the earth. But instead... Father, forgive them. As they're hurling insults and accusations against him. They don't know what they're doing. This is what God's called you to. This is what God's called me to as well. 
Fifth thing is this, release them. We gotta release difficult people. We can't hang on to those offenses. We can't hang on to those hurts. And I know it's hard and this too, impossible apart from the Holy Spirit. But God wants to give us his grace through his spirit that we can release those that have hurt us so deeply. We've got to kind of like come to this conclusion. There's just some people you're never going to fix. There's just some people we're never going to be able to. We can't change other people. We can't change ourselves, folks. We've got to release them. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Jesus put it this way. I say to you, but I say love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. You know, we're coming up on uh, here Martin Luther King Jr. Day, the, ob- the observance of, of this great man that caused such a great transformation in our nation. How did he do it? Love. How did he do it? Peace. How did he do it? Turn the other cheek. How did he do it? Nonviolence. Minister. Martin Luther King Jr. But I say love your enemies. And you know what? It works. It works. We've seen it in our own nation. It works. Pray for those who persecute you. Here's the reason why. I don't think this is optional. We either pray for those who hurt us and persecute us or we demonize them. There's no middle ground when it comes to pain. We'll either pray for someone who hurts us or we'll demonize them. They, they may have hurt us at a, at a level seven, but you know what? We just hold on to that longer and longer. And on a scale of one to 10, you just give that a little time and it'll be a 10 given enough time. It just turns absolutely toxic. What breaks the back of bitterness and resentment that that is just toxic uh, in in our own lives, in our own hearts, and in our own physical bodies towards other people? Prayer. Pray. Pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. We'll either pray for our enemies or we'll demonize our enemies. And so demonizing our enemies is so far away from anything that Jesus tells us had lived out before us in the pages of scripture. We need to release them. Here's the sixth thing, and this is what it really all comes down to when it comes down to how to deal with difficult people. We've got to learn to live redemptively. (laughs) Live redemptively. Live the new life that Jesus purchased for you and for me by by sacrificing himself and and laying his life down on the cross while you and I were his enemies, while you and I wanted nothing to do with him. Live redemptively. Ephesians chapter four, verses 31 and 32 puts it this way. Get rid of all bitterness. And he's speaking to Christians in Ephesus Men and women who have their faith in Christ just like you, just like me. And and the Holy Spirit is inspiring the Apostle Paul. And and God is saying through him, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger 
and harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Get rid of it. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And I really wish with everything in me there was a period right there. Because then I could kind of define how that was going to look. But instead, the scripture tells us exactly how that's supposed to look. And the type of forgiveness we're supposed to extend to others. Forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. In the exact same way that you didn't have to earn God's forgiveness. You didn't have to clean up your mess before God accepted you. You you didn't have to be perfect in order for God to love you. But he looked down and looked at me and he's like, that Greg, he's a mess. But I love him. And I'm gonna die for him because I love him so much. When he doesn't even care about me for years and years and years. Live redemptively. Let me put it this way. When it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to dealing with difficult people, you will never have to forgive anyone more than what God has had to forgive you of and forgive me of. Total rejection. Don't want anything to do with him. Ah, it's just a bunch of religious stuff. I'm going to die for them. Because one day, they'll open their heart. And they'll place my, their, faith in my, their, their faith in me. And their life in my hands. And then I'll begin to transform their life. And they'll begin to discover what life was really meant to be so much better, so much higher, so much deeper than they ever dreamed possible. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. I'm gonna ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We all can think of difficult people that we've had to deal with, that we are dealing with. And Lord, we just know how life goes that we're probably going to have to deal with in the future. Lord, the one thing we never thought of is how difficult we are for you to have to deal with. How many times we, we ignore you. How many times we just... We don't want anything to do with you. And yet you still love us. You sacrificed everything for us. Father, I pray right now that, Lord, these words from your word, the Bible, scripture, that your Holy Spirit would just take these words that we've heard. And Lord, we need the power now to live these out. We don't want to continue to live below what's available to us 
by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so, Father, we ask for your help that we would forgive others just as you, through Jesus Christ, have forgiven us. And may we become people of grace, people of mercy, people of patience, people of kindness, people who are in love with Jesus Christ and walk by the power of the Holy Spirit in his footsteps. Thank you, Father. Right now, while, while every head is bowed and eyes are closed, I'm just going to ask you, have you ever taken that moment to just be honest before our Heavenly Father? Just to ask Him to forgive you of your sins. That's how we receive the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Simply by asking for forgiveness through Jesus Christ, receiving that forgiveness, not because we're perfect, but because we need it. And repenting of our sins. What does that mean? Turning from our sins. I'm not, I'm not going to do that anymore, God. I need your help. And then recognizing that Jesus, Jesus be the Lord of my life. I need your power. I need your forgiveness. I need your presence. Change me from the inside out. It's real simple. All you have to do is to just to pray that prayer. God, I receive forgiveness through Jesus. I turn from my sins and repent. And I recognize Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. And I surrender the rest of my life to him to live not to please myself any longer, but to walk out my days in fulfilling your plan and purpose for my life. In Jesus' name, thank you that today is the day of salvation, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Valley Christian Church located in Hopewell Junction, New York. Please visit us online at valleychristianchurch.net for more information. Thank you.